Hi guys, I don't normally run ads on this show, but this is the family business, luggagewarehouse.co.za. My dad, my brother, my stepbrother, my uncle have all worked for Luggage Warehouse directly, and I've done freelance brand strategy for them for years now. So it supports the whole family. It supports this show indirectly. So if you're looking for luggage, accessories, uh, handbags, and fashion stuff, even you can go to luggagewarehouse.co.za. And there are two products that I want to pull out for you here. Number one being Builderset, which allows you to create your own combination of large, small, medium, check-in, hand luggage, all that stuff. And it gives you a discount for each additional bag you buy up to a certain limit, I think. But you can get great discounts on big collections of big luggage. So if you're thinking of immigrating, it's the perfect way to kind of gear up for that. And the second thing I want to pull out is Luggage Glove, which is a protective sleeve that my dad invented. My brother has kind of perfected over the years. It's a thick 3D fabric mesh sleeve that pulls over your um, over your luggage and then locks closed. It's got a TSA lock. It's got holes for the handles, so it's quite convenient. It's not like single-use plastic wraps because you don't have to cut open a hole in the plastic to use the handle you can take it off easily it's got a combination lock and it's much more sustainable because you're not just murdering turtles with single-use plastic Uh, but it makes the bag much more difficult to get into and it protects it from bumps and scrapes and if you are emigrating then those are two important things because you might be carrying actual valuables in your check-in luggage and because they're going to be heavy and you might be going a long distance they can pick up some major damage so luggage gloves uh, do a great job of protecting your luggage in the long term That's it for my pitch, luggagewarehouse.co.za. There's a link in the show notes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the South African Expats, the podcast for immigration curious South Africans. We're here to bring you the experiences and advice from expats who have moved already and from experts in the industry. Today, I'm really excited to look at a very different country, a very different destination, uh, something that you might not have heard about, like a place that you might probably not have gone. It's, It's Estonia which is a former USSR uh, block country that is just on the south of uh, Finland and Helsinki. And today I'm talking to Rita Fanek, who's a South African copywriter who moved over to uh, to Estonia a while ago. Uh, welcome to the show, Rita. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Uh, how long have you been in Estonia? I believe almost six months. I arrived here in April this year. Okay. Wow. So you were like middle of the pandemic, moving across. So that's a very recent move. That's awesome. So let's start with the first part of the interview, which is about decision preparation, like what drove you across there. So first of all, um, tell me a little bit about your life in South Africa and how you ended up uh, moving to Estonia. So I was a copywriter living in Cape Town with most of my family there and friends as well. But I've always wanted to move to Europe. But it's quite difficult, especially if you're not like a surgeon or an engineer or something. And I was looking at Germany for quite a few years and then eventually I just gave up because it felt too difficult um, with, you know, a BA degree to get into Germany. And then I received an email uh, March 2020 from the CEO of a company called Bondora mm-hmm. and I read it through and they're looking for a lead copywriter. And I thought like, okay, well, you know, I have time. Let's agree to this interview thing. To be honest, it kind of looked like spam or a scam. <laughs> yeah, like, hello, I'm from Eastern Block. I would like to talk to you about opportunity. Yeah. Yes, like, and you just have to pay your flight ticket money and then we'll sort you out. You know, totally. that's kind of the vibe that I got. Yeah. And I thought, 
what the heck? I have some time. Let, let's indulge. Uh-huh. And I then started Googling the company. I'm like, okay, it does kind of look legit. Uh-huh. And then I set up an interview time. And then at the last minute, I had to cancel it because we had load shedding. <laughs> and I thought, like, if this is a legit company, they're probably going to say, like, okay, no, this this sounds ridiculous. This girl had to reschedule the interview because she doesn't have electricity. Like, what? In any case, rescheduled. And in the first two minutes of the interview, I realized, oh, hell, this is a real interview with a real job, real company, HR sitting there and everything. And I thought, I did not prepare well enough for this. <laughs> But yeah, so then getting into the conversation and I thought, okay, it must be a remote working position. And, you know, because why else would a company in Estonia be looking to talk to a South African person sitting in South Africa? Right. And at the end of the interview, my would-be managers, she said, um, you are aware this is a relocation position, right? And I'm like, I am now. <laughs> and then she asked if I'm still interested. And I said, yes, I am. Like without a moment's hesitation, because how often do you get an opportunity like this? Okay. So you were given this, you were offered this opportunity and I'm assuming that you're in your twenties to just immediately say, yes, I'm going overseas. Yes. I was 28 at the time when okay. they offered me the position. Right. So now that you're aware it's a, it's a relocation placement, um, what happened after that? Well, I freaked out a bit. <laughs> um, and then I was chatting with my boyfriend, you know, because we haven't been dating that long, but we're quite serious about each other. And I asked him, like, listen, <laughs> do you want to move to the other side of the world with me? And he actually quite quickly said yes, you know, because why not? We don't have kids. We don't have mortgage. We don't have pets. It's wow. kind of easier for us to make the move. Yeah, of course. And I was obviously like so delighted that he said yes, because if I told him also, like, if you don't want to go, then I'll say no, it's fine. Because, you know, I love you and I don't want to lose you over something like a job. Wow. But I'm very happy that he said yes. Yeah. What does he do? He at the time was a quantity surveyor working at a construction company. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, did he manage to get work there as well? Or is it, are you the breadwinner? At the moment, he's actually not here. He is in North Dakota in the U.S. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was at the time when I moved from South Africa to Estonia, he would not have been able to come with me Hmm. um, because I would first need to get my residence permit in Estonia, which would take three to four months. And I only got that actually at the beginning of this month. And during that whole time, he would have to wait for me. And so we decided, you know what, instead of him waiting in South Africa, he can go work on a farm in North Dakota because he wants to be a farmer anyway. And he has a contract there for nine months. And then he will join me here at the end of the year. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So quantity surveyors turned farmer, turned Estonian entrepreneur. I don't know. Wow. Crazy. Okay. So you offered the position. It's obviously in terms of visa then there, they've got someone helping you sort out the paperwork and all the bureaucracy and all that kind of thing. But in our uh, prior to the interview, you did say that the actual process of getting the visa, getting overseas and all the paperwork was a little bit of a mission. Yeah. Yes. So they did employ a relocation company to assist me, which I was really thankful for. Just knowing that someone is taking care of all the paperwork and all the appointments. It just, it seemed like a little bit of the whole process or a small part of it, but at Mm. least I knew someone else was in control because due to COVID, 
and travel restrictions, it was really difficult to get here. We were supposed to, and we would have come together, uh, my boyfriend and I, in August of 2020. And in reality, I only ended up here April 2021 because COVID in Estonia and South Africa were always on like different levels. So when it was high in Estonia, it was low in South Africa and vice versa. Yeah, we were lagging behind. Yeah, which affected all the restrictions and travel entry requirements and all those things. So the plan was to then, for me to fly at the end of December, or I don't know, it changed quite a few times. And I actually ended up in Johannesburg on the 31st of December, being denied to board a flight to Turkey for my visa appointment because of the South African variant travel restrictions that kicked in like a day before my flight and no one like told you like listen you can't fly anymore so yeah then I was stranded in Johannesburg on the 31st of December and (laughs) I couldn't even fly back home because of the the curfew in South Africa so then on New Year's Eve I was alone in a hotel wow (laughs) and then I flew back on the 1st of January to Cape Town Okay. So yeah, that that was quite horrible because you just like said goodbye to your family, your friends, and my boyfriend, and then okay, now twenty four hours, I'm back. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> Failure to launch. Yeah, yeah super yeah. awkward. Farewell party take two is happening in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So like, oh, it was it was a struggle, and then eventually, um, we just said, okay, we'll wait and see if the restrictions change. And we waited and waited until February. And then I just realized, you know what? My boyfriend is going to go farm in March. He had his flight ticket and everything. I'm like, I can't just sit and wait for restrictions to change. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And I then did my research. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fly to Namibia, stay there for 10 days. On the 11th day, I'm allowed to fly into Turkey because they were banning South Africans. Right. Because of the variant. Right. And so then did that in Namibia, flew to Turkey, got the D visa in Turkey, and then I flew to Estonia and this arrived here on the 3rd of April. Wow. Okay. That's that's amazingly uh, kind of entrepreneurial of you to just make that whole mission. I mean, Namibia, Turkey, Estonia, that's crazy. And 10 days in Namibia, what, in a hotel? Um, in a lodge in Ventuk, yeah. So I was <laughs> okay. working there. The wonderful thing of working remotely is you can like sit there and work. Yeah. Were you already working for Bondora at that point? <laughs> yes. So I started working for them in May of 2020. Okay. Right. Cool. Okay. So now you're you're there. You've been there three, four months. Yeah. You said uh, yeah, if you moved in April. Four or five. Four or five. Mm. Okay. Great. So before we get to to you for to that experience though, did you you just packed a bag and went? You didn't have any furniture, pets or anything like that? Did you do, just you and your backpack? Yeah, so it was um, my 23-kilogram suitcase, mm-hmm. one backpack, one handbag. That was it. Okay, great. What is the way forward for you on your visa now that you've got your D visa, you're working there, uh, is your plan to stay? I believe you're, re- you're required to live in the country for about six years before you can apply for citizenship or long-term residency or something. Yes, I think it's six or seven mm-hmm. years. But for now, I have a residence permit that's valid for five years. Okay. 
but it is dependent on my job. Mm -hmm. If I choose to leave Bondora, then I have to go through the whole process again, getting a new job sponsor for my residence permit. But yeah, for now, the plan, well, we said originally is two to three years. Mm -hmm. Let's see how we feel. And once my boyfriend arrives here, we'll see if he settles in, gets a job or, you know, creates his own startup company. Yeah. Because it's so easy to do here. Yeah. <laughs> and then if, if we're happy, then we might stay. If we'll review it again in three years. But yeah, I really like it here so far. But I say that with a disclaimer because I have not experienced the dreaded Estonian winter. Right, which is on its way. As we head into summer, you're heading into winter. Yes, winter is coming indeed. What is the dreaded Estonian winter? What does it entail? Lots of darkness. <laughs> it's far enough north that you'll have kind of what, three, three in the afternoon sunsets? Yes, so the sun rises at nine and sets at three. And the rest right. of the time it's dark and okay. really cold. With temperatures around minus 20 degrees. Yo, okay. Yeah. Heavy. And, but they say the darkness is what gets to you. Like yesterday, I started drinking my vitamin D drops. Good tip. Yeah, it's for first life experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard that from quite a few people who've moved to the UK, Sweden, that kind of thing, is that vitamin D is great. And then if you get a, a, a sad lamp, a seasonal affectation disorder lamp that replicates the light of the sun, that'll also help. Yes, I've seen those and I'm considering investing in them. It's not dark yet. Um, the sun mm. rises, I think, at 6.30 at the moment. But the thing is, like in summer, you have these white nights and it's like you never want to sleep. And it's just like this wonderful feeling and atmosphere across the city. And I realized then, but hang on, if this is what summer is like, then winter will be the opposite. And it will just be darkness <laughs> for the majority of yeah. your day. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. going to be... It's going to be Game of Thrones. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so now a lot of people have no idea about anything about Estonia, and I'll include myself in that. I did a little bit of research before our interview. It looks quite medieval. It looks uh, very old school, old-fashioned. As I said, it comes former Eastern Bloc country, former USSR uh, country. Now it's, I imagine, finding its own identity and, and it seems to be growing quite quickly. But when you arrived, when you landed in Estonia, I believe the uh, capital city is called Tallinn. Mm -hmm. What was your first impression of the city, of the, the country when you arrived? Well, it actually took my breath away quite literally on the flight because um, I flew in from Belarus to Tallinn and it was quite cloudy and then we broke through the clouds and it was just like, this green, lush countryside, and then these little church towers sticking out everywhere and the sea just mm. beyond that. I was just really like, wow, it was truly beautiful. But once on the ground, I was struck by how flat it is, number one, coming from Cape Town and Durbanville, where it's very, you know, hills and mountains everywhere. It's very flat mm -hmm. here. And it's quite small. The city is not intimidating. It's really like welcoming and friendly but it's not like this huge place and you don't know where you are you can walk from one side to the other side of the city center in like half an hour to 45 minutes okay so i mean that's true of kind of central cape town yeah you could go from sea point to woodstock in about that time if you were not being mugged on the way yes <laughs> <laughs> um, no that fear isn't here luckily so I've, I've read that Estonia is very high on the quality of life index. 
that it's got a population of about 1.3 million people, but within the size of Netherlands, making it one of the, the least densely populated European countries there is. So do you feel that when you when you first came to the city? Did you Obviously, you're in the capital city, so it will be more densely populated, but do you feel that it's less densely populated than you expected? Definitely, yes. I think, well, when I arrived, they were still in a lockdown of sorts, so restaurants and things weren't allowing people to be inside so I would walk through Old Town which was like it still amazes me it's really so so beautiful and it was deserted I had the whole place to myself which was so cool and not what you expect of a European capital Mm. and even in the summertime it was never like that you can't get into a place or that there's so many people that you just feel like oh I just want some space they right I think the tourists that come here by the cruise ships they are probably the most people that you would find in a like close space Mm. but because of COVID again not a lot of tourism this summer but hopefully next summer would be different okay so it might have a little bit of a Barcelona experience where in summer cruise ships land a couple of thousand people disgorge from that ship and spread out across the city and then buy everything in sight and then run back onto the ship I believe so yes but yeah, so this summer it was not super crowded ever. I think at one point there's this beautiful place called Noblesner, which is a port kind of neighborhood area with a few trendy restaurants and bars and things like that. And it was this lovely summer evening and I saw thousands of Estonians. And I told my friends, like, this is the most Estonians I've seen together in one place since I arrived. Right. And it was just, yeah, even then it wasn't like crazy crowded. Do you, apart from tourists, is the population of Tallinn mostly Estonian or is there a fair amount of kind of an expat contingent? I think it's still predominantly Estonian. However, there are more and more expats. And I can check quickly on our Mm. expats in Tallinn group, how many people there are. But funny enough, there's a lot of Estonians on the expats group just because they say... right. It's more entertaining and people actually talk there compared to with the (laughs) Estonian groups. (laughs) So the one group has, what, 9K people. And the other one, we have two groups. The other one is 16. Sure. Look, if you're comparing that to uh, Facebook groups in different cities of Australia, that's Mm. tiny. I think there are groups with 60,000 people in Sydney, Brisbane, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so relatively small, which is nice. And um, what is the what is the feel for the city? I get this kind of medieval feel out of it. Uh, what's your experience of of the old town? And then I guess there must be a new town. I imagine. <laughs> yes. So the old town is like what you see on all the Google photos mm. and all the postcards, and it is truly beautiful. Like I personally love old architecture, which is something that you don't find a lot of in South Africa, but Europe, you know, it's everywhere. Mm. And the old town is huge, and so well preserved it's not like just one little street of old buildings it's like a whole kind of old city center basically with old buildings cobblestones old churches cathedrals it's really well not cathedrals but old churches and Mm -hmm. it's truly beautiful and they are very proud of their medieval ancestry and they regularly have like medieval days or the medieval fair that I went to a couple of weeks ago, which was so cool. You feel transported back in time because everyone's wearing all these traditional clothes and they have little 
know, flags flying in the wind and the old instruments that people play. So they're really, really proud of their ancestry. And what is the level of English speaking like in the in the city and the, the country at large? Shockingly good. I did <laughs> not expect so many people of all ages to speak English so well mm. that it's, I think, of most European cities, I think the best English that I've heard is in Tallinn. Right. I've read that it's got a 99.8% literacy rate and I believe a homelessness rate of 1.3%. And I think they were, I read an article complaining about an unemployment rate of 4.5 or 6.4 or something like that. Yeah. But they've got a, I think they've also got a pretty strong social security net that, I, that I've read about at least. Do you know uh, what the situation is with uh, social security? I'm not entirely sure, but mm -hmm. I have heard from locals that say many pe homeless people, they actually prefer their way of life. It's right. not that they are forced into it. But again, I haven't actually talked to the homeless people, so I wouldn't know for a fact. All right. So let's get on to the whole, the section of adjusting to a new life. So has your new home met your expectations? Did you have any expectations when you arrived? I would definitely say it exceeded my expectations. Again, I didn't really know what to expect. But yeah, most people hear Estonia and they think if they know about the country, they would say, oh, yeah, former Soviet Union bloc country, Eastern mm -hmm. Europe. And I've been to two Eastern European countries, um, Bulgaria and Serbia. And mm -hmm. Tallinn is nothing like that. Estonia as a whole feels very, very different to those two countries, if I have to compare them. Different type mm -hmm. of people... Estonians are more like stoic in nature, a lot more reserved and quiet, but still really friendly, which that was something that exceeded my expectations. I kind of expected never to have human contact until my boyfriend arrived mm. here. But then I got to the mm. office and like nearly everyone lined up to give me a welcome hug, which like totally wow. blew my mind. <laughs> you know, you don't expect that from <laughs> Welcome, Europeans. Bring us the South African variant. <laughs> yes. Like, come give us a hug. So yeah. that was, that was amazing. And amazing. Overall helpfulness of people. Like yesterday mm. I went to the shop, for example, and they have these scanner things at the supermarket. So you don't have to actually mm -hmm. go to the till. You just scan all your things. And right. I was struggling with a thing. And one guy just like offered to explain how to help how to work it. And like, that was so nice. Thank you. And that's yeah. something that I didn't expect. So maybe my expectations were just really low. I, I think South Africans have a view of Eastern Europe as a very, uh, you know, we compartmentalize it with Russia, which is known for being relatively unfriendly to outsiders. Hmm. So yeah, I'm sure that was a nice surprise. Yeah, definitely. And what are some of the best things about your new home? Uh there's quite a few, but I think as a South African woman, the first thing is safety. That's like the biggest mm -hmm. like thing to enjoy of living here. I mean, I've walked alone at night in the dark and I wasn't even sure where I was, but I didn't feel threatened or unsafe at all. And that's just, I wish something that everyone in the world could, you know, enjoy on a daily basis. But if you live in South Africa, that's probably not something that you can experience. So sure. that is definitely was a huge thing for me. Let me just check here because I did make a list because I was afraid I would forget something. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the beautiful old town, definitely something for me personally that I love. And I think most people do enjoy it. Like one of my Estonian colleagues and friends, she still just strolls through old town at night or after work, just taking it all in. Like it's really amazing. 
they have a again walking culture you it's like just this thing that people do like in south africa you drive everywhere here you walk everywhere and you will yeah. meet up with friends and go for a walk in the park or walk on the promenade next to the sea like it's it's a very healthy kind of culture that they have but even though they walk a lot they have free public transport for residents in the city which is awesome and that, I guess, requires an ID card of some kind. Yes. So once you have your ID card or residence permit, then you can just like log your details online and it converts your card into a free ticket card. Amazing. And that's for bus transport across the city, right? Bus transport, tram transport, and even trains within the city area. Wow. That's amazing. That's really, really yeah. cool. And then, yeah, like I said, the friendliness of the people and the personal space <laughs> there's this joke <laughs> that even before covid you know estonians would have like these like designated five meter spaces between each other at a bus stop and <laughs> right. it's true like if you walk to a bus stop or a train station they all have this natural space that they keep in between each other and it's really so cute to see right just and it's just a politeness thing like a, a historical cultural thing Yes, no, I think it's just, it's not that they don't want to engage with people. They just prefer not to if they don't have to. Sure, yeah. Okay, so what are some of the, the less nice things? What do you not like about uh, Tallinn and Estonia? There's nothing that I particularly dislike. Although you're quite fresh to the country. It does take a while for these things to develop. Exactly. So <laughs> like I say that again with a little asterisk at the end, like disclaimer, I've only been here for... Oh, I love talking to copywriters who can say asterisk instead of asterisk. <laughs> yeah, it's a perk of copywriter to copywriter conversations. <laughs> right. But I think just um, the weather or the darkness will get to me at some point, definitely. But we've sure. had an amazing summer. Like I told my Russian colleague yesterday, I shouldn't be happy about climate change, but I was truly happy about the summer that we had in Estonia. Because there's mm -hmm. um, this joke that they have saying, oh, yeah, we had such a nice summer, but unfortunately, I was working that day. <laughs> it's like right. they really have this. <laughs> yeah. Normally, like summer could be 15 degrees and raining. That's July right. weather. And then there's one or two days that's sunny and usually it's on a work day. But this mm -hmm. year, June and July was incredible. It was like 25 degrees and then obviously the Estonians complained when it gets to 28, 30 degrees, then it's a heat wave. Yeah, yeah. yeah it it's was, an apocalypse. Yes, it was. Just the, like the UK. The fans sold out everywhere. You couldn't get a fan. All the ice cream, there was an ice cream container shortage because of all the ice creams being sold in the summer. <laughs> and this makes, amazing. this is like headline news. And I love the fact yeah, that that yeah. is headline news. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah that's what I really um, appreciated in um, Spain and in, in countries that I've lived in is that the headline news is stuff like that, like, or politicians have arguments in parliament or whatever it is. And then if you look at South Africa's headlines, it's like, everything's falling apart. <laughs> Nothing is working. Everything's on fire. You yeah. know, it's a totally different, um, category of, of, of problems yes definitely but i think that's also kind of here what keeps the country running in such good shape because if something small isn't working they freak out about it and then they fix it before it becomes a bigger problem and i think that's right. how they've progressed in like the 30 years since regaining independence from the ussr to this hmm. 
country on the forefront of technology and like really high quality of life because even the small things here are treated as if it's a huge scale problem which is I see. good yeah i actually want to um i had a quick look at the wikipedia entry for estonia and uh, i see that their political system is also extremely strange or at least strange for us but i, I believe it's some kind of parliamentary democracy where the president is not or a presidential candidate is not allowed to put themselves forward a party can put themselves forward currently there's no presidential candidate for the next election in estonia because they're not allowed to say i'd like to be the president all they can say is the, i believe the current president said if you ask me again sure i'll do it which is very different to what you see in america what you see in south africa with you know campaigning and all that kind of thing so it's um have you Do you know anything about the, the I don't structure? know that much, but I do know that there's local elections coming up in October and I will be able to vote for the local government. Oh, wow. okay. I can't yeah. vote for the presidential elections though. Right. As a yeah. foreigner I can't, but if I have a permanent residence then I can do it. But right. I don't know much. Right. Well, I mean, it's uh, you're you're focusing on living there right now, and that's the thing. When you do move overseas, you the politics is it's it's blissful to be able to ignore it because it doesn't, you know, because you're an outsider. Still, you you don't actually focus on it at all. I lived in Japan for five years, and I loved every moment of not being able to read newspapers or understand the news because they're economy their politics are relatively stable to the point that you're not worried that the whole country is going to catch on fire tomorrow so therefore you can kind of ignore it and be fine you know so yes. uh yeah I, i totally get that okay but enough about politics what do you miss about south africa yo <laughs> that list always in my head i'm like no i can find everything i i need here and then once i start listing things the list just gets longer and longer and longer but first off definitely my family my friends i i miss not being close to them i haven't gotten super homesick yet i am fairly independent which definitely helps mm -hmm. but there are some like sundays that usually you know, i have a family gathering or a bra or something then i get quite homesick but on the monday then i'm okay again but right. i think off the bat chutney rusks buying meat that is affordable and really high quality <laughs> that is something that right. i definitely miss although right. there is a south african with a small food business here he sells uh, babuti pies and he makes budavosh and boltong on order and his boltong is nice. really good so at least i have you know i have that covered yeah. that's a lifeline <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I think besides, you know, my family and friends and the food, I miss the diversity of South Africa, like all those different cultures and people. I know it's the source of many of our struggles, but it's also the source of our biggest strength, I think. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I miss because Estonia is probably one of the most monotonous looking places in terms of people, not like the right. margins. Even yeah. though, like, when you look a bit deeper, you realize, okay, no, it isn't that, like, uniform kind of just Estonians living. It's lots of Russian Estonians and then Russians living here, people from Ukraine, people from the UK, India, all over. But mm -hmm. compared to South Africa, I think any country kind of looks <laughs> like you just have the same kind of Relatively people. boring, yeah. homogenous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But something yeah. that I miss a lot is the Atlantic Ocean 
funnily enough. I thought I would miss mountains mm-hmm. the most because Estonia doesn't have any mountains, but we have mm-hmm. a sea, which is, I live about two kilometers from the beach, which is lovely. You know, it's two kilometers walk and then you're there. It's stunning, but it's um, the Baltic Sea in the Gulf of Finland. So it's basically like flat and right. it just looks wrong to me. You know, I miss seeing that, like the crashing waves and that smell of the Atlantic Sea salt breeze hitting mm. you in the face. I miss that so much. So the first thing I'm doing when I'm back home is I'm going to Blobig Beach and I'm going to go yeah. just sit there and take it all in. Nice, nice. I live in Melkbostrand, so I get that. And we live <sighs> two roads from the beach, so I enjoy that a lot. Oh, well, enjoy it for me as well, please. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Is, uh, is the Baltic Sea cold? I imagine it's freezing. It's got to be you know, quite near the Arctic Circle and all that. Um, it's not at the moment because also it's quite flat and shallow. So you would, like hmm. I went swimming with a friend um, from the Netherlands and from India, and they've been here a few years now. And you walk, I think, for like 300 meters before the water actually gets to a swimmable, like, like oh, what wow. it gets okay. to here. Some yeah. other beaches or less shallow, and you get into deeper right. water quicker. But most of them here, like you walk <laughs> for a very long time. But the water depends. Uh, like there have been days where it's 24 degrees, so fairly okay. warm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. like it, that was unexpected for me too. But then in the wintertime, yes, it can go to really cold, and it could even freeze because it's so shallow. Wow. Okay, interesting. Uh, what is the... I know we're going down a rabbit hole of, of beach talk here, but what are the uh, what's the beach sand situation like? Um, soft sand, soft white sand. Okay, cool. Because you always see people on the beach in the UK, and it's not a, that's that's stones. That's yes, a, yes. A rock garden that you're sitting on, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that's awesome. Good. So, do you feel like your buying power and overall wealth have increased since moving? Definitely, yes. I get a better salary here. Just number one, more money. Mm-hmm. You know equals more wealth but mm-hmm. things don't feel as expensive here compared to your salary mm-hmm. like price for price you're going to pay more here for things than you would in south africa but relative yeah. to the average salary you have more buying quality or buying power in estonia even if you earn less money you can do more with it sure and do you get a sense that uh within the company you work in there's there's room for moving up there's room for uh salary increases and all that yes definitely because we're a startup and we're in an exponential growth phase like things are changing rapidly and if you want to you can change with it and if you see an area that you're interested in i can i have a relationship with my manager where i can tell him like listen i'm interested in this i want to pursue this and then we'll sit and work out a plan so I mean, it might not always go my way or I, they might push me into a place where I wasn't expected to be in, but it's okay. If you're open to opportunity, it will come to you. Okay, awesome. So let's get on to a few kind of quick questions all in a row. Um, I just want you to rate your rate Estonia from one to 10 in the following quality of life categories. And you can give a little bit of a, a description as well if you feel it merits it. These are kind of core quality of life uh, indicators. Number one being healthcare. What have, um, you might not have had any experience, but what's your impression of the healthcare system? Well, I got my vaccine for free here before I even had a residence permit. So that to me was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I got that, I think, two months ago. And once you have a job and you have your residence card and everything, you pay taxes and you get free healthcare. Okay. That is, I would rate, you know, 
a 10. I haven't had anything to do with it besides the vaccine part, but yeah, so far it look, doesn't look bad. Was the vaccine experience quite, uh, do you see their healthcare systems quite first world? It does look quite first world, I would say. And you have a health portal, like a national governmental health portal that everyone with an ID code can log into. Mm -hmm. And you can see all your details. They can access your personal medical history. You get your COVID vaccine there. Everything is online. Right. Although I imagine when a South African arrives in the country, they must be tripping over themselves to give them the vaccine. <laughs> Let's, yes. <laughs> she's, she's a danger. Quickly. <laughs> get her. Yeah. Education. Education. Well, I was surprised to learn that kindergartens here are funded by the government, mm -hmm. which I was like, what? Shock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it seems pretty cool. I haven't had, again, that much to do with it, but locals don't complain. Mm -hmm. If something was wrong, they would have complained about it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, work opportunity. A 10, definitely. I think, well, Estonia's population is kind of declining and there's about 300,000 Estonians living abroad. So that means there's a skills gap in the country. And because they're progressing so quickly, they are importing, I want to say importing a lot of foreigners mm -hmm. with the necessary skills that they need. So like in my case, for example, they recruited someone from 11,000 kilometers away because they're looking for a native English speaker. I'm like, right. great. So uh, let's actually, let's jump onto that for a second. How did they find you through a portfolio or a LinkedIn profile, Behance? Uh, how did they get in touch with you? They found me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I was, I had that open for opportunity I see. button activated and then that's how they found me. Okay, that's fascinating. LinkedIn does seem to be very much on the rise as a tool for getting that kind of that work sponsorship that can help, you know, people with just a South African visa. There's not a lot of opportunities for uh, for moving overseas unless you're getting sponsored by a company. So that's interesting. Yes. And and it sounds like you do you actively manage your LinkedIn profile or do you are you just you have it there and then you kind of ignore it? I go through little spurts, <laughs> like so I would do something once a month, maybe like yeah, post classic. two times in a week and then kind of leave it again for a bit. Right. But yeah, all my details were updated at least. It wasn't like I haven't done anything there for a year, but I don't right. actively do anything on it, no. Sure. Okay. Okay. So that's work opportunity. Uh, whether we've kind of talked about spring, summer happens a couple of weeks a year, but in your case, thanks to climate change, it's it's getting warmer. It's nice. Mm. And you're going to be dealing with some, what, minus 20 degree winter coming up pretty soon here. Yes. Hopefully we'll have some snow because if it's going to snow properly, it will be absolutely beautiful. Um, totally. Like most Estonians say, like snowy winter is a good winter. No snow means a bad winter. Right. And does it usually snow? I mean, at minus 20 degrees, how does it not snow? It does, but usually in January, it would be the snowy time. But they say it does happen occasionally over Christmas. And then you have like the Christmas market in the old town, which wow. would be really yeah. beautiful to see. Sure. Like even if the weather here isn't ideal, you have the different seasons. And that is absolutely like, I love that. And in Cape Town, you know, most of South Africa, you have the same. You can clearly see the different four seasons mm, mm. roles in the year. But yeah. yeah, here, they don't care if it's raining. They just continue living life. Like I was playing ping pong with some friends outside. They have all these ping pong tables across the city, which was super random, but super cool. Mm -hmm. And it started drizzling and then started raining. Not like heavily, but 
it wasn't yeah. drizzle anymore. And people just continued on as if nothing was happening. I'm like, what? <laughs> Don't you care? Like in Cape Town, people would be running yeah, indoors. Cape Town just <laughs> melting, ah, screaming. <laughs> None of yes. us have umbrellas. Yeah, yeah uh, and here really. they just like carry on. So I think they, they are really, I don't know, never minded about the weather in a way because if you let that affect you then you'll never go out of the house here <laughs> right yeah yeah they must just get used to it absolutely the uh unfortunately as you said you don't have a lot of mountains in estonia so you'd have to look to the rest of europe for any kind of skiing or, or mountain sport activities uh does your estonia is a part of the eu right yes so you have the ticket to travel the rest of europe relatively uh leash free right Yes, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to move to Europe because I love to travel, but going from South Africa anywhere is quite difficult. We're here, it's a lot more central and I have quite a few friends living throughout Europe. So it's nice to have this opportunity to go visit them more often. Like next month, a month from now, I would be in Austria and a friend from the Netherlands would also be there and we'll all just be hanging out and having fun. Uh, okay, so next category is kind of arts and culture, music, uh, things to do at night. What's that like? Well, it's alive. <laughs> it's very mm. much alive. I think Estonians value the arts a lot. And there's so many different events happening all the time. It's kind of difficult to choose because many, there are so, much thing, well, so many things happening that you can't go to everything. But there's art exhibitions, they have film festivals, and Estonian as well, like um, Estonian films. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's always exhibitions happening somewhere, and theater as well. I looked at a, a YouTube video that was talking about the creative city of Tallinn, which seems to have a, a lot of street art all over the walls and all that. Yes, that's Teleskibi. And it is probably the hippest place in Tallinn or in Estonia even. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Woodstock and Cape Town, but just more concentrated. Right. And I think with arts and culture, fashion as well here is very unique. People express themselves just how they want to. There's not like this, oh, you can see this as a trend. Everyone's wearing the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like that here. People have a very unique sense of themselves and it's really cool to see people just embracing their own identity. Right, right. Awesome. Restaurants and food? Quite a lot. Like, even though the city is relatively small, you'll have a hard time to go to all the cool places. And there's new restaurants and cafes opening all the time. I still think Cape Town, on, like, I compare Cape Town because it's a city that I know the best. I think sure. we have more diverse options but just because it's a bigger city like Tallinn actually reminds me of Cape Town in many ways because mm. it's very cosmopolitan kind of you have the sea and this like hipster culture as well mm -hmm. just on a smaller scale but yeah right. food Estonian food is very I would say like hearty stew and lots of seafood like fish as well mm -hmm. and they have this thing called mustleib which is black bread and it is delicious it's a rye bread but it's different to the austrian or german rye breads i don't know here it's just it's delicious i eat it like every day <laughs> right and you did mention though that the uh, price and quality of beef is is unsurprisingly not as good as south africa yes i think the only place that offers like the same quality meat at the same price as Namibia. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, pork here is definitely the most popular meat, mm-hmm. I would say, and yeah, pork and chicken and fish and lots right. of salmon as well. Uh, and then this is going to be an obvious a softball, but opportunity to travel, I imagine, is is great there. Um, and you've already mentioned that you're going to travel a lot. Would your bouncing off point be from Estonia, whatever their national airport is, or would you also be able to take a train or some, something like that? Airport is definitely quicker because mm-hmm. I could take a train, but I will have to take it through like many different countries. It will take me forever, depending on where you want to go, obviously. Mm. But there's quite a few airlines operating from Tallinn's airport. And the airport is also accessible by tram, so very easy to get there. Or you can use a Bolt or an Uber, and it's like five euros, so not expensive. And there's a direct flight from Tallinn to Vienna, for example, which is really great to use. And then from there, you can kind of hop around. Right, right. Awesome. How easy or difficult has it been for you to integrate into the culture, the language? You said people are generally open and friendly. Um, And Estonia, however, does have its own language. And you say they speak great English. But have you found any challenges of, of getting comfy? Not too much, I would say, but I was very open to adapting to the local culture and not like being stubborn in my own culture because, you know, I am coming to their country. I should adjust. Hmm. And yeah, because they speak English so well, it's really, it's kind of made me lazy when it comes to learning Estonian because I do want to learn Estonian and I have started a bit, but I still have a long way to go. But yeah, integrating into the culture doesn't feel too difficult they do love their saunas though or sauna as they call it (laughs) right and i'm struggling to adapt to that (laughs) it's like we had a office summer days it's like a year-end function that they Mm -hmm. do here and it's like the highlight of the office social calendar and you know you will just see like people walking around in their towels going to the sauna and then going to jump in the sea and back to the sauna again and to me it's just like it feels like such a schlep. I just want to sit and drink a beer and chill. <laughs> but they really enjoy it. And it's like many houses here, like we would have a bride room. They have a sauna. Right. And you take a sauna once a week with family or with friends. It's just like a, a thing that they almost do religiously. Right. Yeah. Uh, all those kind of the Scandinavian and the northern countries are very big on that. And I've heard from speaking to a couple in Sweden that everyone thinks that they've got the best version of sauna. You know, they they do it the best. And yes. uh, I think it is in Finland, there's people slapping each other with branches and all that kind of thing. I don't know exactly how that works. Yes, they do that here as well on um, Janipav, which was midsummer, which is, I think, their version of like our heritage day in the sense of it's the biggest social public holiday Hmm. there was people doing that and it just it sounds ridiculous (laughs) right it's also it kind of gives you an indication of the weather when their midsummer's day festival includes sauna yeah it was funny because it was a heat wave during that time and i was sitting there (laughs) 28 degrees outside 45 inside the thing and i'm like people why would you want to do this like it's already so blazingly hot and then actually that was the first time i tried the sauna experience Hmm. And then at night, you know, it's nice. And then you go into the sauna for like a few minutes and then you come out and then you mm. either take a dip in a cool pool or like the one guy was actually like hosing me down with the hose pipe because you have to cool down yes. your core temperature again. And yeah, it's fun. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'll see you in winter if I'm up to it again. 
is the it's quite difficult often for South Africans to adapt to the idea of public nudity as well. And some of the uh, some of the cultures in sauna are very much like no clothes, let's go. Uh, what is the deal in Estonia? Yeah, I was actually talking to my colleagues about that, and they said like you know they will go with into the sauna like nude with their family. Mm-hmm. I'm like why on earth would you do that? <laughs> so for me. That is definitely something that I am not adjusting to. I, I can honestly say that's one part that I'm I'm okay going in wearing a bathing suit, but totally. I'm not going to be sitting there with my colleagues in the nude. You know, yeah, 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 like, yeah. If they want to, it's totally fine, but yeah. I'm not going to be joining them. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, and it's and it's not required. I don't think no one's no one's shook no, their head at you and gone, "Oh, you're doing it wrong." No, not at all. They're very like respect. Well, they respect your opinion and your view as well so you're not right. like forced or an outcast if you don't do it yeah i'll tell you that the public baths in japan are a different story because you have to follow their rules there and it's it's weird at first to just be in a shared open bath with a bunch of other people all naked it's strange and you're the foreigner so you're the weird one so it's extremely uh... yeah, so everyone's looking at you <laughs> yeah exactly it's strange Okay, so lastly, what advice would you give people considering moving to Estonia? I would say do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're on the fence, just do it. It is a beautiful country, even though it is quite tiny. The people here are really proud of their heritage. And I mean, when you look at how many times their independence has been taken away from them, and regardless of that, they are still proud of their national identity. They speak their language everywhere. And they haven't lost, I think, what makes them Estonian, which is that like that stoic pride that they have. And I find that really admirable. And even though they are kind of quiet, they do warm up a bit, especially during the summer. In wintertime, though, don't try and make friends. I think you should make your friends in the summertime and then carry that <laughs> with you throughout right. the winter. But yeah, they are also very um, open to foreigners. I've not had any really bad experiences. Maybe like with a drunk person here and there, they are kind of just weird, but you get that everywhere. It's not unique sure. to Estonia. Yeah. But yes, there's lots of opportunity in Estonia. It's a beautiful country and I'm really enjoying it here. But again, disclaimer, I have to survive the winter first. Right. Maybe we'll catch up in a few months after winter and I'll <laughs> we'll, we'll have another quick chat and you'll be like, oh, this is the worst place in the world. <laughs> Yes, ask me again in March next year. When is your boyfriend supposed to arrive? Hopefully in November or end of November. Okay, so just in time for warm snuggles. Yes, exactly. That's what we said as well. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, for your experience and for sharing that because Estonia is a a black box for most people and I hope it will give some people a jumping off point to do some research, have a look at a few more other types of content videos and and pictures and all that and and investigate it. Uh, Obviously, very few people are going to have an ancestral visa or passport for that, but the work sponsorship option does seem to be very doable if they've got a skills gap. So it might be worth investigating, connecting with some people, some businesses in Estonia, if you're interested, making sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date, maybe looking at some job sites. And uh, yeah, there could be opportunity there for us. So yeah, thank you so much, Rita, for your time. Yes, thank you so much, Jonathan. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. South African Expats is produced by Jonathan Vanka and brought to you by Ping Productions.